Don't rock in the dark. Lighting elevates your band's stage presence to higher levels of professionalism and dynamic energy. Chauvet DJ makes powerful entertainment lighting that sets up and tears down quickly and easily. Pack and Go systems like 4Bar and Gig Bar 2 have multiple LED lights on one bar. They're easy to mount and haul with included tripods and bags. Control is easy, too. Chauvet DJ's cutting-edge Bluetooth lighting products produce amazing effects controlled right from a phone or tablet. Don't just rock. Rock the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. What's up, Strategic Product Placement Sponsorship Ads? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. How's it going, Dan? Well, good now that I'm making some money on that sweet, sweet endorsement cash. There, yeah, it's pretty hot. Man. It's pretty hot. It is. It is in quite. It is quite hot indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this was a, a new development. We had um, Chauvet reach out to us and say, "Hey, um, we'd like to." Uh, sponsor some ads so we've been joking about getting sponsorships for things we already use and this just was very fortuitous here wasn't we it are. here we are yeah i mean in our case we all we used those products we've got a set of four bars and i think you do as well i have one four bar and one gig bar too very good and a hazel so yeah yeah very good well now we're, we're going to be doing that for a little bit and trying it out um how was your week my week. Let's see. So I um, had a pretty quiet week um, on Tuesday, which uh, as we're recording this is yesterday. I sat in with Viva La Muerte at this um, weekly community open mic thing that it turns into a whole big jam session. And so we did that last night and I played with a bunch of people I never met before, which is always awesome. And uh, that was very, very fun. Fantastic. Yeah. We have um, nothing going on this week. Next weekend, I have a three gigger. I have a Friday night private private party and a uh, bar gig back at the pounder on saturday and then a uh, acoustic gig sunday afternoon so man well um i don't have anything going on we uh <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the i've got like a couple weeks in a row where i've got nothing going on uh but it's been kind of nice so i'm just kind of you know doing normal stuff yeah um amber and the uh wife and the kids are heading out to uh her grandmother's house i'm stuck with um dog sitting um and probably gonna pick try pick up some stuff uh whilst they are gone or maybe get into some of the projects that we you've been discussing um on this so we've been discussing some stuff we indeed have been so yeah um only thing i've got coming up is well actually the only thing um we've got a corporate date this coming tuesday of all days um and then uh, we are going to Chicago just for funsies. Very nice. So with the kids? That should be uh, with with the oldest. Aha. It is his birthday uh, celebration. And you know, just being the upwardly optimistic person, the you know that trip was paid for with playing music. Gotta love it. Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. We're taking the the um, the little ones turning six. And her only request for her birthday was to go to Bush Gardens. So we're doing that. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. It'll be a lot, but it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what Chicago will be like with a nine year old. Um, 
but I, I'm looking forward to it because I've honest, I've never been as like a as a real person. Mm. So um, there's a lot to explore. For sure, Chicago Music Exchange is definitely on that list. Good, um, as well as uh, well. Speaking of beep 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 beep, this here in industry news, um, Reverb, which was uh, created and up to this point owned by the Chicago Music Exchange, has sold to yep. Etsy for yep. two hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Yep. Little did they know, all they bought was one vintage antique pedal. No, it's a Strymon. It's oh, just a just one. It's a big sky. Yeah, and that's what they're. Yeah, well, those are pricey. They, I mean, they are, but um, you know, that might set some records. But yeah, you know, this is kind of one of those weird situations where you know music and uh, business uh, collide, and that's kind of the sweet spot. That's where we are. That's what we like to talk about. It so, is. Um, you know, it's going to probably take six months to a year to figure out what you know doing something like that actually means. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if things start to look uh, a little different on Reverb uh, within the next, you know, few months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to bring in a lot of resources. It's going to bring in a lot of uh, cash and a lot of folks. Yeah. And they're going to be able to do some stuff they weren't able to do before. I always liked Reverb. I thought it was a really well put together site, easy to use. I bought some stuff mm-hmm. there that really, I felt good buying it there. But, um, you know, it's it better than sort of the internet's yard sale that ebay is yeah so yeah i mean everybody's got their horror stories about buying stuff online but everything i bought from reverb and everything i sold on reverb was uh pretty good yep. so don't yep. have anything bad to say about it i yep. hope it all works out well for everybody involved anywho there you go so we were told in the um the facebook group today that uh most people don't like the chat so why don't we just <laughs> You know, get on get on with the you know the order of the day. All right. Well, we've each got one little topic to topic to to cover. Which um, which of us should go first? Um, you can go first. All right. Fine. Um, some months back, in an episode titled "Merchanomics," I brought up the um the fact that I was looking into a new set of shirts, a new set of uh, band shirts, and pricing them out. And um, the mistake I made with the last time I bought was that I bought a very large quantity to bring the price down and I bought a very poor quality to bring the price down. And so Mm. I ended up with, um, shirts that I could afford to sell for like 12 or 15 bucks and not lose my complete, you know, lunch money. Um, but nobody wanted them. I mean, they were, you know, it's a clanking Lincoln shirt and people who enjoy the band wanted, wanted them, but nobody wears them. The ones that we have around the house, nobody wears, they're awful. Um, they are, it's like, it's like they wear you. It's like they're kind of slowly eating you as you're wearing them. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, uh, as I considered the next round of shirt purchase. So finally we're getting toward the bottom of the giant plastic bin that was, <laughs> it used to be full of them and it's taken us here. It is. It's our second year. I, I had yeah. these shirts walking into our first gig and we're almost through <sighs> with these shirts. And so. Uh, I'm contemplating the next round, and as I price them out, you know there are shirt options which we can talk about if anyone cares. Mm. Uh, but I'm now conversant with shirt options. Um, but the nicer a shirt you look at, why the more it costs. It does, it's and true. Uh, the more coverage of print, the more surfaces you go to print on, the more it costs. And mm-hmm. I didn't like the really the design that I used the first time around. It seemed like a good idea, but when I when they came, they just seemed a little busy. Um, so mm-hmm. I want a simpler design, j- probably just our figure logo on the front and um, 
the the text logo on the sort of back of the neck. Yeah. Um, but as I priced these out, I couldn't I couldn't get them to where it made any sense to uh, most of them. We've just given away because they were cheap enough we yeah. could do that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the decision that I came to back so several months ago was that I was going to DIY them. Yes, print them myself, save a bunch of money, and I experimented with screen printing. Um, none of those experiments. Um, they left me with some ink on my hands, but not yep. a lot on the shirt. Um, which is when I discovered heat press shirt transfers. Okay. All right. And since we last spoke about this, I have bought and now own a heat press, which came off Amazon. is almost 200 bucks. They, nice. go, they go up to thousands um, if Ooh. you're going to be like a big fancy heat presser. Um, and then a stack of 50 heat press transfers, screen printed yep. by a company that does that with my logo on them. Cool. Yeah. And um, I don't have any of the official ones here, but I do have some of the next round. Ah, visual aids. Visual aids. All right. So we're we're on Instagram, so I can actually hold this thing up. Yeah. Here is the shirt that I'm settling on is not a tri-blend or a 50-50. It's actually ring-spun 100% cotton, Uh, which is a little bit heavier than normal cotton, quite a bit softer, and I think um, is going to be a winner. So um, I did print the first round of them, and... um, how we're selling so it's back to the economics of it <laughs> the I, I bought just as a trial um one each of small medium large and extra in four different colors so 16 mm-hmm. units and i printed them on the thing and um justin helped me with that and we got it done in not too long and we took them to a gig uh, on saturday and what i did and i stole this from you um mm-hmm. I, I made a sign that said clanky lincoln's t-shirts pay what you want and I put on there our QR codes for Venmo yes. and for PayPal. Yes. Nice. So um, here's what we cleared. We cleared 20 bucks in cash. Okay. We cleared 50 bucks in Venmo from one guy who's a big fan and bought two shirts for 50 bucks. Um, That's great. And, uh, and then we've given some away just inside the band, family shirts and things like that. Sure. Uh, but those two, those two purchases covered my entire shirt and printing materials cost. Um, That's great. So economically, it is working out. Um, the white shirts that I printed cost a little less than $2 all in. Okay. And the color ones cost a little less than 4 all okay. in. So at that price point, I don't feel bad saying pay what you want. I figure if somebody's going to pay us, the least they'll throw me is 5 bucks, and that covers costs. Yeah. And you know, m- more likely they're going to use it as a tipping opportunity mm-hmm. and blow our, blow our, you know, our, our tip jar out. So yeah. um, I think it's re- – and at that, at that cost – basis i have no problem giving away and having them be you know thank yous to people and that sort of thing plus they're pleasant shirts so people are going to want to wear them and you know show up around town in them so do you have enough margin to purchase a t-shirt cannon uh we had discussed it the only reason i wouldn't is because uh t-shirt cannon killed mod flanders oh and uh we don't really want to replicate we don't want to replicate that i see yeah you have, I think that I think that that reference is old enough to drive a car at this point. I am, I'm, am, I am a font of old references. Yeah, yeah. I, I in a meeting the other day, I referred to um, uh, name that tune in, and literally this whole meeting full of millennials looked at me completely blank, had no idea what I was talking about. The Should one have said, uh, "Ask Shazam." Yeah, the one senior programmer who's actually older than me. We like looked at each other like, "Yeah, well, I, that's oh well, how it is, I guess." So. Oh well. Anyway, so that's very exciting. I will keep you updated on the progress of the shirts, but I think it's a I think it's a good opportunity to at least get our 
logo out there on some bods mm-hmm. um, with not a lot of cost. So yep. it's pretty exciting. So we are doing a little bit differently. I mean, we typically – we have done the um, – just give stuff away. Yeah. So everything that we've made up to this point is stuff that we are just handing to people as they walk out, you know, not expecting to turn anything uh, in exchange for it. So um, what we've done with the T-shirts is that we are uh, partnering with the with Threadless and doing an online store where they just do print-on-demand. Right. Um, so I have zero upfront costs. Um, but I don't sell as many. I didn't, I didn't sell $70 worth of merch at my last show. So right. it, uh, I guess it really, you know, there's, there's when there's plenty of different ways to do it. Um, I just don't know of a way for us to print what we want to print ourselves on t-shirts. Um, uh, well, I will tell you the the place that screen prints these transfers can do full color. I mean, they're, they are screen printing. Anything you can screen, screen print can go on a transfer that will then heat press on. So Interesting. It, it can be done. Um, there is also, and we experimented with this a little bit, um, too, there are transfer papers that can print in your inkjet or laser jet printer. Yeah. And they, now listen, they, here's what they do. Cause we did it. It, mm-hmm. it the, the, you print onto the paper and then you heat press a transfer material onto mm-hmm. that and then print that onto the shirt. So it's not, it's not like it's behind a big sticker. There's not like a square of plastic around it. It okay. actually is printing the toner ink with a transfer material right on the shirt. And it looks professional. It looks really good. Hmm. So, um, I feel like that's a new development. I feel like the last time I saw something like that, it was literally like the paper was the, the transfer. There are like, the, yeah, there are cheap ways that are ugly, but this, this, um, actually turned out really well. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so the point is like we can make, um, the, the band wives, um, <laughs> those of you on Instagram, one of them sitting right there, um, have nicknamed themselves. So we're the clanky Lincolns. They've nicknamed themselves the Mary Todd squad. That's funny. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. When they told it to me, I had a moment of like reacting to its brilliance that they interpreted. They being the one sitting over there interpreted mm-hmm. it as disapproval. It was not disapproval. It was just speechless appreciation for the genius of it. Um, so I'm actually going to make them a set of shirts with hashtag Mary Todd squad. Nice on them for the band wives. So you could, you could go so far as to make like social media shirts for everybody. You could do like an at Dan Ray music ah. t-shirt and yeah, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. The, the possibilities are. Like yeah. I mean, once you, once you can do one off professionally printed shirts, you know, pretty soon you're that guy from uh, 30 rock with the ways hats. But yeah, you get the idea. Totally, very cool. Yeah. Um, Dan's been texting me back and forth about like, hey, I'm trying it this way, and you know, I've been abreast of the situation as things have gone on, so that's been cool. Um, I'm glad it worked out. I'm I'm very interested to to look into that a bit. Further it's pretty cool. We have like an immediate need to get some shirts made, and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm, I'm weighing my options. Our uh, our eight bit tuxedo shirts that initial run is starting to uh, dry up they're starting to look a little uh worse for wear they're starting to look like they were made in the 80s so um (laughs) we're looking at uh maybe maybe a different look doing um the mtv uh logo on some stuff because we as much as i've been stoked about that design i haven't actually um put any put it on anything yet so yeah it's a great design yeah it's a great design Oh, one other thing about the economics of it, because some people have asked, um, gosh, Dan, you said those shirts are less than $4, but you bought this $200 machine. So, haha, I caught you in a paradox. Who are these people? I don't think they're in our group. 
No, they're they're no. Don't You're don't worry. Don't worry about who people. these people are. <laughs> you don't know them. You don't. They're not sitting it's over like, there. It's like Dan's girlfriend uh, in high school for, who went to the different school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's in Canada. Um, yeah. You wouldn't know her. No, <laughs> no. She's she's cooler than you. Um, so cool. So cool. The uh, so here's the thing. Um, there is in um, and I do this in my work, so I know I know um, I'm trained in it. Um, there's a difference between a capital expense and an operational expense. Expense. Uh. I said expense. Expenses, you know. So there's now on their expenses. Expenses. You can you know capital expense. (laughs) That's going to be hard. Is uh, you know when you're buying something that leaves you with value, leaves you with an asset. Yes. um, That might depreciate over time on your taxes. It's it's that sort of thing, and you usually don't factor that into a cost of goods sold like you do an operational expense, like shirts and transfers. And you know if you're paying for labor, labor is an operational expense. Expense. Experience. I think it's actually, it's not too hard. I'm sticking with it. Operational experience. When I say that at work, people are going to adopt it. It's going to be what all business is going to be talking about. Operational experiences. Love it. We're in. So the point is, uh, no, that $200 cost is not factored in that $4 uh, shirt, nor should it be. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's still money out of your pocket. It's just, you know, how are you paying yourself back? I guess is the the difference between the two. Yeah, and it's and it's an investment that adds value to the business and that's what that is. Like purchasing a PA? <laughs> Just like purchasing a PA. Yes, a Whoa. PA is absolutely So a you're saying expense. that's a that's a capital expense. Capital expense. Cables, however, I would call operational. Or strings or Strings for sure, strings. Picks. Yeah. Anything that ends up in the bottom of the laundry. In the bin as they say. Yeah, certainly. Anything yeah, anything that ends up in the lint drawer of the dryer is absolutely an operational expense. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's, that was a nice little business uh, business lesson in the middle of business, everything. Business one But I mean, it, it, hey, I mean, that's kind of like where I'm about to like jump into. I'm I'm very I'm about to just rant. Really, pretty solid. <laughs> All right. Thing. So my my shirt news is done. I think it's over to you. Unless you want to take this moment to do something of a mid roll. Yes, I think I do. All so right. do you want me to take a whack at it? Yeah, yeah I got it. it right here. Yeah. Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that literally puts your band in the spotlight. Your band's stage presence and image are critical to your success. Chauvet DJ lighting can add visual energy to attract crowds and set your band apart from the competition. Add lighting to your gigs. At pardon me, adding lighting to your gigs not only helps the audience see who's rocking, but bands have even bands that have even basic lighting have been perceived to actually sound better. I'm just going to say that again. It's so totally true. Bands that have even basic lighting are perceived to actually sound better. Chauvet DJ makes lighting easy with systems that can be set up and torn down in a matter of seconds. From subtle color washes and fades to high energy strobes and chases, Chauvet DJ makes lighting control just as easy. Chauvet DJ's LED products have multiple control options, including auto programs and sound activation modes, wireless foot switches, perfect for guitarists, and remote control options. Chauvet DJ's innovative Bluetooth wireless technology lighting products can be controlled right from a phone or tablet with no additional hardware needed using the free BT Air app available for both Apple and Android devices. Chauvet DJ gear also has conventional DMX inputs and outputs for more advanced programming options. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. Don't just rock. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Fantastic. There you go. So I want to talk about something that 
it was it was a term we like to coin terms you know we you know we talked about man cave bands and things like that but i heard some somebody say say it and it, there was just enough stank on their voice that i knew what they were getting at and they were refer, it was a guy who was on a, a video about guitars um referring to what he called blues lawyers hmm and the the concept of the blues lawyer is is basically a guy who played guitar and then went to law school and then got a job and makes all this money and now can afford these you know six thousand dollar boutique strats and you know hand built amps and all that stuff, and they were saying it in kind of a disparaging uh, manner to um, you know that they weren't real musicians or whatever, um, and that there is you know there's an argument to be had there that they're bad. Um, I would like to defend the blues lawyer. Okay. That is my, that is my, uh, my in defense of the blues lawyer in defense of the blues lawyer. That can be the, uh, that can be the tagline for this week. Um, so uh, thinking about this objectively, you know, when we, when we started playing music and we declared ourselves quote unquote professionals, um, we were younger. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I, I considered myself a professional in my late teens, early twenties. Um, and I think it's pretty fair to say that 18 to 22-year-old people don't say nice things or think good thoughts because the brains aren't done, you know. <laughs> Still cooking. Marinating up there. Yeah. So um, I definitely had those, like, you know, the guys, I, I, I thumbed my nose at people who played in cover bands because I was playing original music and I was, you know, starving and they were selling out or whatever, but... Uh, as an older person who likes, um, you know, cable and food, high speed internet and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I just wanted, you know, defend the blues lawyers because I guess that that's technically what we are. Um, and, and the reason why I, this kind of got me all worked up is there's still, I feel like this stigma about people who play in cover bands, like they're somehow not as legitimate. They're not legitimate musicians. And I just, I I take umbrage with that. Um, mostly because if you do the math, there are the percentage of people who are playing, um, original music on big stages, making a living. If you were to put that on one side of a scale and then put every other musician playing every other gig, every other weekend, um, I'm pretty sure that the scale is tipped pretty heavily in, in our direction. Oh, yeah. Nin- yeah. 90% probably. So why are, why are those small set of people, you know, denigrating the, the majority of the population, especially considering, you know, most of them will inevitably become us. It's like that SNL sketch with the cut. Have you ever seen that one? No. It's like this like this is like this group of new moms and um they were there was another new mom and they were having like a reception or like a baby shower for him and basically like when are you going to get the cut and the cut is like that Kate plus eight haircut oh. <laughs> and they all had it and it was it was like the whole the whole bit was that it was kind of like you know body snatchers or whatever yeah. that, like it just be, it's it becomes one of you and you know anyway that yeah. has really nothing to do with it yeah just an aside. So yeah, um, but they will. They, they either will uh, become us, or they came from us. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I'm, I'm looking at this kind of from a macro standpoint because um, we've been really motivated to try new things and kind of build this brand um, a bit more because I feel like we've been at it, you know, 
long enough that there, we have, you know, we've got a track record and things are happening. Things are moving. This sponsorship was came completely out of left field. Yep. But, you know, it was just one of those things that was kind of like, okay, we kind of need to look at the big picture. And if you think about things objectively, there's, there's very little um, content out there that caters to this group of people. True. And if I were just to, you know, venture a guess that there's on average two bands in every single city across this country that there are, you know, potentially millions of people who are doing what we're doing and nobody's talking to them. Yeah. That's kind of like, that's what I've, I've really kind of felt that. And I feel like there's, there's really only one group that caters to that and into this population. And to be perfectly honest, I don't feel like they do a very good job of serving them. So, um, I wanted to say if you, you know, you gave up your dreams or whatever and got a day job and you want to play in a band, welcome there. You are amongst good company and, um, you're, you know, guys like our age can afford like cool guitars that young kids can't afford. Yeah. Like I've been looking at Gretsch's and like being like, I could theoretically buy this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have the means. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so just to get back to blues lawyers. Yes. um, Is it, is it that they have, see the blues, there's something about the blues that it it involves struggle. The blues, you got to suffer for the blues, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the story anyway. Is, is it that they've shortcutted the suffering? They've, they've sidestepped the suffering and so they're not legit. Is that what, is that the, I think it's just, it's, it's, they're not cool. It's just not cool. Yeah. Old people playing guitar is not cool. I mean, they're not entirely wrong, but you know, the way that I feel about this, I felt about this in my twenties versus the way I feel about this in my thirties versus the way that I'm eventually going to be seeing in my forties. I think, you know, that that's going to continue to evolve over time. Oh, Um, as, as 10 years your senior, I promise it will. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. And, and, um, the, the, um, you know, it is, um, (laughs) this jam that I played last night. Mm -hmm. Um, the guy who came and played with me, uh, solid guitarist, very solid guitarist, um, had a knockoff tube screamer and, uh, some kind of cheap chorus and a tuner pedal of some sort all kind of laid out and he was running separate wires to all of them and had, you know, like no board. It was all kind of laid there. Um, and, and then I slapped down my helix next to him (laughs) and I kind of had a moment like, yeah, who's, you know, who's the colonizer on this stage, right? Who's the, (laughs) (laughs) right. Who's the, um, you know, and, and, and I know that I can, I have the chops to stand up to, (laughs) <laughs> any claim of posernish sure. but but um i said posernish hmm. man you we're, we're just on fire i know i know this isn't even alcoholic this thing i'm drinking anyway no. um so uh i do know there there is like a a real narrative out there that rock and roll is a poor man's game true and uh you know even the guys who really make it um have to have to keep up that I, I don't know. There's like a weird facade thing that, um, uh, you know, people like Axl Rose, like pre- pretend they're still of the people. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange phenomenon. I don't, I don't know. What yeah. to make of it. I think it's part of that. And it's a part of them having means that, you know, yeah, that 
younger musicians don't necessarily have. Um, but I just, I, I just take umbrage with the fact that, you know, guys with day jobs are, don't deserve the respect of, um, people who don't work day jobs. Totally. Um, I mean, I think in the, I, in the cover band biz, that's, that's way less than yeah. other, you know, scenes For sure. way less. Yeah. But I, you know, it, there, there's a caliber of musician that, you know, again, there are people like us. There are people who are, you know, talent is, is a quantifiable, you know, thing. And it, it is something that people can discern. And they're very talented guys who do this for fun. Yep. And that there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. So um, if you are, you know, thinking that, you know, oh, maybe I should be hanging this up. You know, maybe I'm telling you not to do that. Yeah, maybe you should um, stick with it, no matter what the haters yeah. say. Well, and the other thing is, is that for in order for me to be successful in my band and the projects that I'm doing, I had to learn the things that I learned, you know, being like a an adult person. Well, that's true. And that's the other thing is that you know, there's a lot of these guys. You know, there are musicians who just want to play and they don't want to think about anything else other than what songs are on the list and all that. But the rest of us, you know, we we like the the creative side of building these things. Right. And I think that, um, musicians who are business adept, uh, are, you know, they tend to get more work. They tend to make more money and they tend to have, you know, successful projects because they're looking at things through a completely different lens than just where do I stand and what do I play? Right. So, right. Right. I mean, I think the, the other, the thing that's going to tend to be in common about the ones who are business adept is that they're also relationship adept, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, the big myth about music as a business is that it's about talent. Talent's yep. important, but really it's about relationships. It's, it, I, I would you know. argue that talent isn't as important as people think it is. Yeah, for sure. The guys that have made it are, it's one of two camps. There are people that are just so ridiculously talented. There was no way they could fail. And then the people who worked, and worked and worked and worked and worked and, and got the respect of the people that were around them. Yep. So, um, and I think we all know where, I mean, I know where I fall on that spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm certainly on the enough talent to get by. <laughs> and yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly how good of a guitar player I need to be. Yeah. Um, right. Right. And I will work that hard. For sure. <laughs> um, I, I hope that that slight rant isn't, you know, too off base, but that was the thing that's really been weighing on me. Uh, as I, you know, one of the things that we've been, uh, we've been kind of doing is, is leaning into different social media channels. So I've been on Instagram and I've been talked to a lot of people. Um, you know, we've had some, we've had some emails come in, um, asking about advice. And there's, there were certain things that I just really, there was, there's definitely trends to the information that we were getting and the kind of people who, you know, compile the majority of, our population are, yep. you know, are just guys like us that are playing on the weekends and, you know, can still operate at a, at a high level. Um, and that's who we, you know, that's who we're talking to. We're, we really want to be, we want to be a voice to the guys that are in these groups in these small towns going, man, isn't there a, something else we could be doing? Does it have to be the same at, that, at, as it's always been? You know, what, what is, you know, what's the next step? How do I level up? Um, and yeah, I, I just want to speak to those guys. Yeah, uh, you know, to to the degree that we can be that resource, that's awesome. To the degree the community that's sort of evolving around the podcast and around the Facebook group is, uh, you know, that resource that's 
fantastic. Yeah. It's true. Um, we're just so grateful for each and every one of you guys. Um, you know, as this thing continues to grow, we are still really excited about um, what's to come. And um, we love interacting with you guys. We have, you know, the we've had some new some new friends come in. And um, I definitely see a lot of interview episodes coming up. Um, we also have a couple. Uh, we've got the, a few band coaching things to tend to. Yep. Um, our friend Jimmy um, has reached out, and we're trying to schedule an interview with him so that we can do his band coaching, and that might be something we do a bit more. So, if you are interested in having your band, um, you know, coached by us, maybe. Um, just reach out to us via email, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com or via the Facebook group or whatever. And, you know, if, if there's enough of a demand, we'll, we'll try to figure out, you know, maybe do a, a series or split it off in a completely different thing. I have no idea. Who knows? But listen, um, speaking of both this thing growing and coaching, did you get a chance to look at that Excel file I sent you? Uh, yeah, I did. So um, it's, it's kind of just a more granular breakdown of the main report. Well, um, here's the thing. So we we host the podcast on a podcast hosting platform called Pod, Pod, Podomatic, right? Yes. And their like stats, automatic, like nice. automatic, but with a pod in front of it. Yeah. The yeah. stats that we get at the level of membership we have is they're, they're I'm not going to say basic, but they show it to you the way they want to show it to you. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say I hacked their stats page, but... All of the data was there in the JavaScript to be plucked out, and I plucked mm. it out, and I brought it into a spreadsheet that I can manipulate and work with. Um, do you know what the you, – you have it in front of you, so it's I'm asking you like you don't know. But um, mm-hmm. our number one most downloaded episode of all time – no, sorry, of the last year. They only give you one, one year's worth of data, and I did it, I did it today. Um, top downloaded episode of the year – was the one we did two episodes ago, Cover Band Coaching with Party Cannon. No. Right? And the one most downloaded after that is episode 18, Finding Bandmates and Building Relationships with Venues. So um, as I was looking down this, it got real obvious like what people are interested in uh, having us talk about. Yacht Rock Review mm-hmm. episode was the fourth most downloaded, and that one's from, mm-hmm. that's episode 29, that was from like yep. more than half of our time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very, very interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to – data is our friend, and we're going to use data to help us uh, figure out, you know, what you guys like to listen to the most. So, yep. Um, and, uh, I have a sneaking suspicion Blue's Lawyer is not going to be at the top of the list. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we may switch to an all blues lawyer. All um, blues lawyer every yeah. every week. A defensive blues lawyer. Listen, um, uh, I mentioned the um, community events that the frontman for Viva La Muerte is hosting on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a solo acoustic set at it um, August 20th, I think, and it's it's meant to be sort of local um, artist, local songwriter type folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to go in there and mount a vigorous defense of the cover as art. Okay. And I've got a whole kind of a set designed and a whole story I want to tell. And um, we're going to change some minds about cover music. Good. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many, like, a lot of people say, oh, rock is dead or whatever. But, like, I'm looking at this group, which now, as of, you know, this episode, has almost 800 followers on Instagram. And um, lots of people playing lots of music in lots of places lots of different ages all over the world and it's um it's been really inspiring to um to talk to you some of you guys and to uh you know just kind of pick your brains on stuff so um yeah it's been great yep 
Yep. Well, and, it, and it's surreal when people join and say, I can't believe I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I got called a podcast celebrity again um, in an email this past week. That's so. very odd. It's very yeah. odd. Yeah. You know, we had um, um, a guy joined the Facebook page here, uh, Mike Schulte. Did you see this guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. His band, The Pork Tornadoes, you just got to shout him out because um, – Amazing, amazing, yeah, and and very, very good. Um, and at um, a Facebook page that has sixteen thousand likes, they're clearly, you know, certainly next level fellas. Um, yep. And, yeah, uh, I mean, also the their cover of Tennessee Whiskey, I think, has like two point five million streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've broken through some stuff, and um, yep. it's really great to have him on the group. And and but then what he said was, I feel like I already know you. I was like, well, <clears throat> that's great. I thank you. I I'm a guy, and I'm over here, and I talk on a mic sometimes. Yeah, we'll be reaching out and, and scheduling stuff with the mic very soon. Yeah, um, yeah. Just yep. I want to hear the story of that band. Yeah, because they looking at looking at their stuff and their online presence, a few things become very clear. And I have a couple of like offline questions I want to ask. Um, right. You know, around their their branding, their uh, and their content creation, because um, I just have a I have a sneaking suspicion uh, about something. So. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, as this thing grows and the net gets wider, we've we've made some really cool connections, and you know we're going to be talking to all kinds of people about all kinds of stuff. So lots on the horizon, for sure. Cool. Anything else? I don't think so. Cool. Well, if that's the case, then I will uh, I'll call it for this week from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson from Greensboro, North Carolina. Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, Episode Six Zero. Boom. We did it, you guys. We did. We're Have here. Have a great week. Bye. See ya.